Hello, and thanks for checking in at Calmo this week. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about this new series we're in about how Jesus cares for those who, who society doesn't value, you know, and, and, and how that helps us in our daily lives today. And today we're looking at how Jesus loves and helps those who face external limitations placed on them by society, you know, be it gender, race, where you live, or whatever. So, so let's dig in. And so our opening question this morning is, are you being held back? You know, sometimes it seems that way too often life just isn't fair. You know, a person has the interest and ability to do something like get a better job or a better education or maybe a better home or, or whatever, and our hopes get built up and, and we're getting excited at this prospect, but then there's something external, some external situation that limits our ability to live into that hope something that has nothing to do with us personally, it's, and that's kind of like what makes it so unfair. It could be something like our ancestry, our, our, our last name. You know, for the longest time as a kid, you know, I got picked on for having a Polish last name, you know, and you got to hear every Polak joke that ever came along, you know. Well, we hear a lot about, you know, race or skin color being a source of being held back. And you know, women have been dealing with this glass ceiling forever. Maybe it's gotten better, but it's still there. So here are our opening questions this, today. What are some of the examples that you know of where people were held back by something out of their control? And then maybe digging into that a little deeper, do you know anybody that was, do you know personally anybody that was held back? And, and how did they feel about it? Well, like everything, there's two sides to this problem, right? The, the first is, are, is around the effects on us when we are held back. The frustration, the, our self-esteem, our ability to, to feed our families, you know, those are just some of the, the effects. And then in extreme cases, there's violence or suicide. So let's start with those effects on us. According to Vicki Mays, who's a UCLA Fielding School of Public Health professor, in the Department of Health Policy and Management, she says this, we now have decades of research showing that when people are chronically treated differently, unfairly or badly, it can have effects ranging from low self-esteem to a higher risk for developing stress-related disorders such as anxiety and depression. Oh boy. And then she goes on to say, and when the mental health of one person is affected, it can produce a domino effect extending beyond that individual. It just kind of cascades throughout society. You know, it can be difficult to pinpoint the process by which it does undermine the mental health, these researchers say. And, and they go on to say, there are so many different routes, some of them direct, some of them indirect. And this guy points out that when a hate crime occurs in a community, it affects the whole not just the victim, but the whole community, in, in whether they're acquaintances or not acquaintances. So being held back, or another way to call it is discrimination, it can be compared to, you know what happens when a rock hits your windshield, right? There's that, that kind of like the hole in the center, and then uh, there's all these spider veins, spider cracks that form, you know? And so when, when a person is systematically held back, there's all these spider webs that go, go into society. 
Well, today we're gonna just focus on that, that hole, right? That initial spot. And that is depression and feelings of low self-worth. Now we're in a study of the Gospel of Luke and Luke emphasizes how Jesus cares for those feeling depressed and of little value to the society. So here are these words. These words come to us from Luke chapter seven, starting at verse 11. As he approached the gate of the town, a man who died was carried out, was being carried out. He was his mother's only son and she was a widow and with her was a large crowd from the town. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And then he came forward and touched the, the beer and the bearer stood still. And she said, young man, he said, young man, I say to you, rise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Well, a little bit of the background behind that. You know, in that time, widows were seen by society as having little value. You know, they, they were just completely overlooked and bypassed. And, and they were literally lived in poverty. And yet Jesus saw her of great worth and felt compelled from his great compassion to act in her favor and restore her son. Now there's another story about Jesus that we see that Jesus was so moved to help those who were struggling that he would break the established rules of the time. Hear this story. This comes to us from Luke chapter 13, starting at verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was all bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called, called her over and said, woman, you are set free from your ailment. And when he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up, stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue was indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath. He had worked, essentially. And, and, and the leader of the synagogue kept saying to the crowd, hey, there's six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath day. Well, this woman, whatever her ailment was, uh, modern medical science would probably call it something different, but anyway, what, this woman would have been seen as being punished by God because she, she was afflicted with whatever this was, right? And, and so she would have been overlooked and bypassed because of that disability, because people would have seen her as being, you know, uh, disfavored by God. And Jesus broke rules because of his compassion. Yeah, they, they, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. That is God's command to us then and not for that matter now. But he felt compassion. And so just as Jesus wrapped his arms around that widow lady long ago, he wraps his arms around us today. And he fills us with the joy of his presence and his love. Now another example comes to us from Luke chapter 10, 38. And so this is the story of Mary and Martha. And so the Jesus and the disciples were going along and then they came into this town where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home and she had a sister Mary. But Mary sat at the Lord's feet and just listened to Jesus' teachings. And so Martha was scattering, you know, scampering about trying to get dinner ready because in that culture, it was important for uh, the host to feed, be, be, uh, be a host and feed his guests and welcome them and make them comfortable. Um, 
And so Martha was just distracted by many tasks. And so she went to Jesus and said, ask, Lord, do you not care that my sister's left me to do all this work by myself? Now, I think most of us would identify with Martha, right? We're, we're trying to do what we're supposed to be doing, and someone isn't doing that. Someone's not helping. They're just kind of sitting around, you know? And so Martha is doing what is expected at that time, and, and really at this time, for that matter. Um, it, and not only that, but she was a woman, and women were not expected to sit at the feet of the rabbis and the teachers of the time. That, you know, just the way society was then. You know, it was for the men to sit there, and the women were supposed to be, you know, back someplace else. Um, and furthermore, it was the woman's job to tend to the kitchen and the hospitality tasks involved in feeding the guests. And so Martha was doing what was expected. And she was doing what needed to be done. It isn't like she was doing something wrong or anything. It was Mary that was breaking the rules by abandoning Martha and sitting with the men listening to Jesus. And so now we continue. Martha said, tell her to help me. But then Jesus said this. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There's need of only one thing, and Mary has chosen the better part which will not be taken from her. Wow, I mean, th this one, this is confusing for several reasons. Number one, the, Jesus and his disciples needed to eat. Somebody had to fix the food, right? They didn't have fast food. They didn't have Grubhub or whatever else, you know, they didn't have food carried in. Um, you know, Mary and Martha were the hosts and were expected to provide food. Um, women weren't supposed to sit with the men especially with a visiting rabbi. And yet Jesus broke the rules. He wanted Mary to hear the good news. Martha was doing the proper thing, nothing bad or improper, yet Jesus cared for Mary in her love of him. And again, we see in this that Jesus cares for us and the well-being of our souls. And so these examples help us to see and understand how Jesus cares for those who are not valued by society. How Jesus breaks away from worldly values to help us understand how to grow closer to him. How Jesus breaks those rules that humanity makes that hold people back. Now let's turn to the other side. That is, those who are in positions of influence or are wealthy, are talented, they have stuff or so on, you know, the, and then among those are people that feel the need to hold somebody else back. Why do some people feel that need, that need to hold somebody back? And what needs to be done about it? You know, I suggest to you that the most common reason for people in positions of influence to hold others back is, is our human nature, right? Because when we put somebody else down, we, we feel that that lifts us up. It makes us more important or more valuable. It gives us a better position in life. So what message does Jesus have for us? Now here, let's go to Matthew chapter 20, starting at verse 25. But Jesus called his disciples together and said, you know, the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Right, that same make, make yourself feel better, right? But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. 
For even the Son of Man, even Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus makes it clear that in the kingdom of God, those who wish to be great must serve others first. Now, when we take a minute and we look around our world today, right, and our country today, it becomes painfully obvious that our world needs to listen closer to Jesus. We can point to the plight of women in Iran or Afghanistan, and it's pretty bad, but the women in this country still face this glass ceiling, still face being held back in some situations. People with a different skin color or country of origin are routinely held back. Now, we can always say that I didn't start this situation or I'm not doing that, but here's what Jesus tells us. Now, this comes to us from Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. And this is a story of the, the um, uh, Good Samaritan. A lawyer stood up to test Jesus. He's, he's kind of putting him in a bit of a trap here. And he asked, he, as the story goes on, he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now that, that path happens to go through the mountains where there are frequently robbers. And anyway, he, he fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, left, left him half dead, right? Now that, was the man, that man would have been a Jew, but a Samaritan while traveling came near him and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. Now there'd been a priest that walked by, there'd been a, a, another a good Jew that walked by that, that went on the other side, but it was the Samaritan that was moved by pity. And so Jesus asked this lawyer, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And that's exactly what Jesus tells us today. So let's look at this, this Samaritan. Now there's many, there's many uh, uh, lessons in this story, but today let's look at the fact that Jews despised Samaritans with a passion. Uh, they were not allowed in the temple, which is, which is not just a, a church, if you will, a place of worship, but it was a community meeting place. Samaritans, were the epitome of a group held back, overlooked, bypassed, pushed aside. And yet Jesus tells us that we are to be neighbor to those to whom we despise, we overlook, and who we bypass. And so that begs the question for us, who are your Samaritans? The people that you look down upon. And then how is Jesus talking to us today? Probably each one of us has felt like they've been overlooked, held back, or bypassed, right? And, and if we're honest with ourselves, we probably also look down on other people, one group or another, for one reason or another. But Jesus loves each one of us. The, those that are despised and overlooked and bypassed, the ones that are held back, and, and those that hold back others and look down on others. Jesus loves us all, but Jesus does call us to a higher standard. We are called to be the salt for the values of the world we live in. We are to wrestle with our own shortcomings, not accept them, but wrestle with them, and then call on the power of the Holy Companion, the Holy Advocate, to give us strength to be the people that Jesus calls us to be.
Amen. And now for our closing discussion question. It's kind of short. Ask yourself, how can you be part of the solution? And that brings us up to our prayer challenge. Take that five minutes each day. Push, push the busyness of the world back and think about who your Samaritan is. And then how or what do you need to change to better reflect the love of Christ? And then open your heart to God and pray for his guidance and his strength. But whatever you do, talk with God often. I hope that you found this message to be helpful. If you'd like some more information, please reach out. You can put a comment in the chat box for this post, or you can call or text me at 517-588-8415, or you can use the Calmo online digital connection card at calmochurch.org forward slash connect dash with dash Calamo. Let us know what you think or let us know if you'd like to talk about this a little bit further. And now, would you please pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you do reveal that, the awesome power and presence of the Holy Companion in our hearts so that we can struggle and wrestle and do better when it comes to our Samaritans. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'm your neighbor, Jerry, pastor at Calmo Church. Have a great day, have a great week, and bye for now.